Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Your Ben Jarofsky show. Oh, what a week it was. Welcome to Chicago, Mayo Pete. Is brought to you by SEIU Healthcare, Illinois, Indiana, the Chicago Federation of Labor, the Chicago Teachers Union, and Chicago Reader. For all things there is to know, the city of Chicago, where to go, what to do, what to eat, what to drink, what kind of pot to smoke, it's true. It's all at Chicago Reader and chicagoreader.com. If you want to help out this program, you can as well. chicagoreader.com forward slash Jarofsky, J-O-R-A, V as in victory, S-K-Y. There, you can become a binhead. That's what we call avid listeners of the Ben Jarofsky Show. Become a binhead. Help support the show. And check out the latest column from our very own Ben Jarofsky on Chicago Reader as well. Let's do this. Okay, a lot of snapping there. It is Friday, July 16th. And live from my apartment and his attic... This is the Ben Jarofsky Show. And now your host, Chicago Reader columnist, Ben Jarofsky. Hello again, everybody. Ben Jarofsky here. We're calling this I Can't See You Friday, and here's why. Because I can't see Dennis. Why can't I see Dennis? Because there's something wrong with the camera. Why is it wrong with something with the camera? Because Google Meet is so freaking bootlegged. There you go. I just needed that excuse to get there. I needed that you are so bootleg, Google Meet. Okay. <laughs> and then, who was it the guest that blamed me? You know what I mean? It's like, I think it may have been me. the co host that blamed you, uh, Dennis. <laughs> <laughs> Google Meet, man. You know, and can I just, before we get it, let me just say this, millennials. Come on, millennials. It's just me and you. Just everybody else, leave the room. I'm just talking to millennials now. Oh, man, it was about 10 years ago. Millennials would see I had AOL. And they go, good, Ben. AOL. Google me. Google. Oh, Gmail. Hello. They make it seem like Gmail was such a big thing. Remember that, G? Make fun of me for having AOL. And uh, now we got Google Meet to do our podcast so bootleg. And they, like, put this time limit on us. They think Zoom. And now the camera won't work. Like some old guy complaining, hey, you can't do a podcast anymore. Yeah, that camera thing's all anyway, on you. That's all on you. No, it's not. I Without swear. a doubt. Without a doubt. That's all on you. Uh, anyway, uh, just so you know, inside, uh, we're smashing the fourth wall here, showing the insides of the, the podcast, behind the scene look. Uh, Dennis cannot see me. I can see Dennis. He's wearing a beautiful shirt, like a Hawaiian shirt or something. It's my Phoenix Sun really cool. shirt. His Phoenix Sun shirt, which reminds me we're going to be doing a special basketball show. I'm really excited about that. That'll drop on, on Monday. Talk about that later. But anyway, uh, so he can't see me, but I could see him. So we're going to carry on the best we can with, oh, what a week. And I'm sure I'll be making fun of Google Meet throughout, oh, what a week, because they're very make funnable. 
Without further ado, I turn things over to the man, the myth, the legend, the pride of joy of Alton, Illinois, the man that Google Meet proudly calls Dr. D. What's going on, everybody? How's it going, guys? I'm Bootleg Denny. <laughs> That's what he called me yesterday on the show. <laughs> Lost sleep over that. I did call you Bootleg Denny. <laughs> that was a... <laughs> That was, yes. Bootleg Denny. Yeah. I see you got a t-shirt that says bootleg Denny already. Yeah. BLD. So, BLD. That is me. Bootleg Denny. Hey, let's. Uh, he'll be uh, at uh, McKinley Park in the South Side on Saturday selling his t-shirts. Uh, and $4 <laughs> DVDs. Denny. Come on, guys. Let's go. Meet me there. That's <laughs> uh, funny. Bootleg Denny. Name's Dennis, but let's talk about the week that was in Chicago and or Illinois. We begin in Illinois, and we begin with Illinois Governor J.B. Pritzker. Best concert? You had Steve Miller Band and the Eagle. Oh, what a boomer. <laughs> Come on, Governor. <laughs> just, just, just between you and me, man. Steve Miller? Come on. An Eagle suck. Let's just say it. Let's get it out in the open, all right? I don't know. Hotel California is a fantastic song. By the Gypsy Kings, maybe. No. Have you ever heard their version? No, I have not. I'm not doing the guitar solo. Anyway. Sold. Based on that, I am sold. That version's way better. Oh, my God. Wait. Oh, my. All right. It's been a very busy week for the big feller. Let's begin with legal recreational marijuana and that greasy, crooked process known as the Illinois Cannabis License Lottery. Looks like the governor is finally coming around to making the process a little less greasy, but we'll see. The following comes from the Chicago Sun-Times, Stefano Esposito. And when it's a story about marijuana in the Chicago Sun-Times, oh, you know who's on the case. That's right. It's Tommy Two Joints himself, Tom Shuba. <laughs> Have you talked to him in a while? I haven't, I haven't heard from Shuba in a while. Is he doing okay? I don't know. I was, uh, he's doing fine. He was on the show. What was it, Tommy, on about a month ago? Oh, yeah. And he was like ordering like DoorDash and going outside, <laughs> ripping cigarettes while he was talking to us. Good times, Tommy. Uh, Tommy, uh, Tom Shuba is probably the hardest working reporter in the city of Chicago right now. Every time I see him in the old days, we were at the Sun Times, he'd always be like on a phone, smoking cigarettes, one scoop after another. He really is a hardworking guy. Making noises. Oh, sorry, Ben. I'm wrapping my uh, cousin's birthday present up while we do this interview. Okay, can you stop it? A lot of noise going on, sir. But, you know, now he's got an assistant, this guy Esposito. You know, I mean, usually Tommy uh, just covers, got the marijuana beat covered. They brought in Esposito. She was like, I'm busy. I can't do this whole thing. Get somebody else to do something. Okay, Mr. Shuba, coming right up. So, yeah, he had an associate. I shouldn't have said assistant. I meant associate. Yeah. How about that? Associate. Sorry, Esposito. Associate. There went that Esposito interview. Governor Pritzker's office announced Thursday that a series of lotteries for 185 new cannabis dispensary permits are now planned for later this month and August. Officials have notified the preliminary winners of 213 total license to grow, infuse, and transport marijuana. The first batch of so-called social equity applicants that are being awarded lucrative cannabis licenses in the state. The, uh, The movement comes on the heels of state legislators passing a bill that addressed earlier licensing woes and created 110 of the new pot shop licenses that are now being issued. Pritzker has now signed the bill into law. Now, about that lottery. 
The planned lotteries for the newly created licenses will be broken into two and consist of 55 licenses in each round. One of those lotteries will be open to social equity applicants who previously received 85% of a total of 250 points on the state's scoring scale. For the other lottery, applicants will need to meet the definition of, quote, social equity justice involved status, meaning priority will be given to those who live in an area disproportionately impacted by the drug war or have past arrest for cannabis-related offenses. Here's more from the governor. Best concert? Yeah, Steve oh. Miller Band and the Eagle. Wrong button. In addition to signing that legislation, we're actually issuing 200 craft grower licenses across the state, and about 67% of those are going to people of color. Uh, and so there will be people getting into business uh, in the cannabis industry nearly right away. Yeah, get to the lottery, dude. <laughs> we want to make sure that they go as smoothly as possible. And so we've been working every day since this bill was passed, really, to try to set up the proper lotteries so that we get the results that, you know, we're all expecting. All right. I um, this is one of my favorite topics. Uh, Michael Malcolm was on the show talking about it. Vincent E. Norman's been on the show talking about it. Uh, Ricky Hendon has been on the show talking about it. Uh, they made a mess. Absolutely made a mess out of guaranteeing and I, 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 that black people who bore the brunt of the war on drugs get these licenses with this lottery. They made a total mess out of it. Uh, we've talked about it endlessly. And, and D, I just like they should have just had a literal lottery open to black people. This this. You know what? If I ran the state, could you, could you imagine me running the state, D? First of all, it would be too, I'm like, I'm waking up at 10. Don't bother me with calls before 10 o'clock. Yeah, okay? I'd be doing the show from Indiana. <laughs> like, who the hell put this guy in charge? So anyway, you should just had a lot. Every black person in the state of Illinois would be eligible to get a license. You enter the lottery and whoever wins can then just, you know, sell the license. They can run the dispenser if they want, or they could sell the license to some rich guy. But make sure you get cut in on the deal. That's what I'm saying. And I, you know what? That would have been fairer than what they came up with. With somehow or other, they came up with a lottery to help black people. But you're not allowed to say you're helping do it to help black people because somehow or other, that's discrimination. I man, first discrimination exists. I guess that's what they say. You have to set it up in such a way that you're not saying it's for black people. So then, all these people who were never punished during the war on drugs, never paid a price for illegally smoking reefer or selling it, get the licenses. I'm like, you took a bad song and made it worse, to quote the Beatles, or paraphrase the Beatles. So now they're trying to straighten it out. I'm sure <laughs> there'll be lawsuits, more complaints. You know, I just believe that the reality is that black people paid the price for the war of drugs. And this is a form of reparations, in my humble opinion, for that unfair war of drugs that we have lived through, young Dennis. You lived through it. This is not something that happened before you were born. Oh, no. You, young Dennis, lived through the war of drugs. Get out of here. Yeah. You know, like, sometimes you, I'll be watching a movie about some horrific thing that happened in the sixties. And I'll just, I'll turn to my wife and go, well, you know, we lived through that. 
I'm just like a tangent with, I mean, just like the bombing of Cambodia. We lived through that. These horrible things that have happened in our lifetime, in our names, through our government. We lived through that. So the war on drugs, not saying you're responsible, Dennis. You had nothing to do with it. Trust Thanks. me. <laughs> but you lived through the war on drugs. This is not like this is not like something that happened years ago, so you can pretend like it didn't happen. You lived through the war on drugs. Whoa, yes. man. I know. <laughs> it's deep, man. Just say no. Do you oh no, you're too young to remember. Just say no. This was, ladies and gentlemen. They were locking up black people all over the country for reefer. And Nancy Reagan went on TV with a commercial. Just say no. Just say no. Oh, God, the stupid things. Just say no to drugs. Meanwhile, we, you know, we, I do believe the cocaine uh, epidemic was at least the federal government was looking the other way. Oh, D, I know you're going to, oh, Ben, you're a conspiracy theorist on this one. But. I urge everybody to check out the movie Kill the Messenger, which is a movie that, by the way, got buried early. Nobody wanted to give any attention to that movie. But um, anyway, a million tangents here, D. Bottom line is we're going to make a mess out of this because generally when it comes to the United States, America, dealing with uh, the way it's treated black people, we make a mess of it. And that's what I got to say about that, young Dennis. All right. Another pressing Pritzker news. The pandemic's over, guys. You're now on your own. <laughs> your landlord is about to pounce. Get ready. Oh, on no. Wednesday, J.B. Pritzker announced Illinois' ban on evictions caused by the COVID-19 pandemic will end August 31st. This means the state's ban on most evictions will have lasted more than 17 months after beginning in March 2020, when the governor ordered Illinois residents to stay home to stop the spread of the coronavirus. Illinois residents who lost their jobs or found their paychecks scaled back because of the pandemic can apply for up to $25,000 to cover missed rental payments through 11.59 p.m. on Sunday. So applications and eligibility standards are available at IllinoisRentalAssistance.org. The nationwide eviction moratorium ordered by the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention will end July 31st, and federal officials will have said it will not be extended. Pritzker plans to issue an executive order on July 23rd, though. This will allow landlords to ask a court to evict tenants who earn less than $99,000 a year or $198,000 if a couple files jointly and had been unable to pay rent because of the COVID-19 pandemic. That starts on August 1st. Pritzker said eviction orders will be allowed to be enforced after August 31st. That's not good news. No. But, of course, D, I'm all over the map, as you know, on this one. Uh, the bleeding heart liberal in me says uh, we should extend the ban. Uh, particularly, it's not, it's not like, and Dennis is, that opening line was brilliant. He he tried that out on me, ladies and gentlemen. The pre-show prophet made me laugh then too. That was all, Dennis. Uh, you're on your <laughs> the pandemic's over, ladies and gentlemen. You're on your own. So yeah, it's kind of cold-hearted. All right, that thing's over. Thank God. That's a, by the way, it's not over, guys. I got news for you. It's coming back. All right, going to the White Sox game tonight. All these Sox fans will be not wearing their masks. Me coughing while they eat their Polish. <laughs> Spreading it. You watch it, D. You watch it. I've been saying. I'm not watching anything. Get me away from that game. <laughs> uh, so, uh, 
Anyway, uh, but on the other hand, so every time I talk about how we need a ban on evictions and my Masafa comes on and talks, we need a ban on evictions. I get a call from various landlords that I know. Oh, yeah, you should see this bum I got. And then they'll tell me some horrific renter story. Do you have, you ever, do you have any friends who've ever, like landlords, do you have any landlord friends at all? You know? mm, no. no, I don't think so, actually. Uh, I got a guy down the street from me. I will not name his. Oh my God. Every time I see him. So what's going on? Billy Bob won't keep his real name. D and, uh, he'll, there's some guy named Billy Bob that listens to this show. That's like, damn again. So Billy Bob, uh, the landlord will start off with the property tax. Oh my God. You know, and I'm like kind of with them in there because property tax is really bogus folks. And we're about to get socked. Like that's a whole other story that, property tax. So then I listen to Billy Bob on the property tax. And then he gets into his horrific tenant stories and horrific tenant stories are horrible. D you hear them and you kind of feel, you feel sorry for the landlord. You know, you got this building, you spent your time building in it, investing in it. You're very proud of it. And you got some renter who's just like, you know, ripping holes in the wall and stuff. And you can't get them out. I mean, you hear these, uh, renter horror stories. All my lefty friends right now are about Ben. We're gonna kick you out of lefty land. I'm just saying, lefty friends, you should talk to some landlords. It's just some regular landlord. I'm not talking about the big, huge landlord corporations that uh, that uh, Maya's always writing about. I'm just talking about ordinary mom pa landlord. Okay, just talk to some of them sometime. Get a different perspective on things. That's all I'm saying, D. So I'm all over the map. On one hand, I do think it's kind of cold just to say, yeah, pandemic's over. You're on your own. (laughs) It's kind of cold. Shout out to Chris White on the live stream. Oh, sorry. I said your last name, dude. Hope you don't mind. Shout out to Chris. I'll edit that out. Probably not. On the live stream chat, he says, how's this going to work? How many filings are going to happen in a short time? Like there's going to be stacks of papers just in someone's desk, right? Yes, uh, Chris, we don't know your last name. Uh, we will ed- we editing out. I just, Chris, I'm laughing at the thought of uh, editing something out on the Ben Shorovsky show. <laughs> oh, Lord. Uh, yeah, I don't know how it's going to work. It's good. By Sunday, thousands will be pouring in and, you know, I, some poor... Uh, clerks for the state will be going through them all. Lord knows it's going to be a mess, I'm sure. I mean, if the, the the reefer licenses are any indication, it will be a freaking mess. But, you know, D, the more I think about it, the more here, oh, you know, here's the flag blowing in the breeze. Uh, I'm Now I'm toward extending the uh, the ban on evictions. Just think about it. It's, like, it's so cold-hearted just to end the ban. Wait, uh-oh, it just bumped, bumped into Billy Bob walking down the street. Here goes the flag blowing in the other bridge. <laughs> I'm all over the map, ladies and gentlemen. All right. Uh, and, well, I guess someone got jealous about the Chicago mayor meeting with President Joe Biden because this week Governor Pritzker met with Biden. What? The two had a 30-minute sit-down to put a list of issues on the White House's radar, including child care, early childhood education, unemployment, and the rise in gun violence. In an interview with, of course, Crane's uh, Greg Hines. Ben, don't say anything about Greg Hines. Uh, in an interview with Crane's Greg Hines, Pritzker did not indicate that he'd received any definitive promises from Biden other than to fully consider any Illinois requests. But he said it went very well and described Biden. What do you think he described Biden as, Ben? What, what's the word? What's the word he described him as? Well, I'm not having read uh, Greg Hines in a while because good, uh, Crane's has thrown up that wall. 
that I haven't figured a way to get around. You know what I mean? And yeah, I didn't see your mind working, Deagle. But Ben, why don't you subscribe to Cranes? Oh, another publication I got to subscribe to? I mean, for goodness sakes. So I'm going to live without cranes. They threw the wall up. I can't get around it. I'm trying. I even got a shovel, D, and try to dig under the wall. Okay? One day I was digging under the wall. So unable to read my old poker playing pal. Well, that's hard to say. Poker playing pal, Greg Hines. You got to know when to hold him, know when to fold him, Greg Hines. By the way, the question, right. if for those who may have forgot, because Ben <laughs> went on just some insane rant. What word did Pritzker describe Joe yeah. Biden as? So sorry. Caring. It, it, it was a word complimentary. You know... He was going to compliment him, so I would go with caring. You're going with caring. Is that your final answer? <laughs> I know that's not a word anybody would use, but yes, that's my final answer. Yeah, well, gracious. <laughs> gracious was the word. What was it? Gracious. 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 He was very gracious. <laughs> How's it going, Greg Hines? Huh? Okay, you still love those tips? Sorry, D. Yeah, my word would have been elderly, but yeah, you know, that's fine. <laughs> oh, that's a millennial talking. Okay. All right. So we know how uh, uh, Pritzker feels about Biden. Ben, how do you think the president feels about Pritzker? <laughs> Rich. Oh, there word. you go. Oh, can I borrow $5? <laughs> you know, uh, is there any more to this story, Dave? Because I'm suddenly feeling the urge to discuss this story. Well, regarding the story? issue of gun violence, Pritzker told the Tribune, it's obviously a national problem, but we see it in places like Rockford and other cities in Illinois. So Pritzker wanted to make sure that Biden was aware that we need assistance across the state wherever we might ask for it. Uh, yeah, that's about it on that one. All right. That's interesting. Uh, he only told Greg Hines about being gracious, but he told the Tribune about gun violence. It's, you know, picking and choosing what he tells. He's got like giving every different reporter a scoop. Pritzker is. So this is, uh, he's yes. given us nothing by the way. <laughs> Pritzker. He goes, hey, Pritzker, there's no truth to the rumor that Pritzker told his, uh, his press aides under no circumstances. Am I going on that show with that hippie? No, no, no. And his whacked out friend from Alton, not going on that show. Okay. All right. I don't blame you, Pritzker. So let me say this, D. We are really weird in the city of Chicago. You know that, folks. I love to point that out. You know, Chicagoans always get a little angry at me when I point out how weird Chicagoans are. We've got that second city complex. You know, you got it, Chicagoans. You think you're inadequate. You don't think you're up to the people on the West Coast or the East Coast. You know, you just you you, you just feel like you're picked on and. Uh, misunderstood. So whenever anyone from Chicago or Illinois meets with somebody on the East or West coast, it's like big news. The bright one, big story. Mayor Lightfoot talked to Joe Biden. Chicagoans everywhere go, yes, it's almost like me talking to Biden. If our mayor, I voted for her. I think God, if she's talking to Biden and it's important that I talk to Biden, it's like I talked to Biden to my mayor. What did she say? And then everybody is like, what did she say? What was the conversation? Uh, and so same thing with Pritzker. Now Pritzker talks with them. Whoa, our governor is talking. We are really important. By the way, T, got to say something. I have to do a, a correction. Uh-oh. <laughs> that rarely happens. What, what, what is it? I, you know what? I think it was the Tribune that educated me. So shout out. I can't, and I wish I could remember the reporter who, who educated. Remember we were talking about how uh, uh, Biden 
uh, came to uh, Illinois. It was a couple of weeks ago, and he went to Crystal Lake. Wasn't it a couple of weeks ago? I don't know. Maybe it was last week. Last time week. <laughs> time, whoa, whoa, it was just last week. Here's time flying. And um, I'm like, why would you go to Crystal Lake? It's all MAGA country, and Illinois is a blue state, and why are you wasting your time? I know you want MAGA to think you're doing good things for him. Tribune. They're a lot smarter than me in a lot of ways. I got to give them a shout out. They go, when when they're done with this congressional map, follow me in this young Dennis. When we, <laughs> when they're done with this congressional map, they will gerrymander the hell out of Republicans. Ha ha Republicans. And they will like squeeze all Republicans into like three um, super MAGA districts. It'll be the reddest Republican congressional districts in the world. They're gonna take every person with a make America great hat and put them in the same district. And they're going to figure out some way to get that district to go into Chicago and circle the homes of Johnny Canizera, fraternal order police and Johnny Cass. Well, I know they live together and, uh, and <laughs> sorry, they obviously don't live together. Maybe they do. I don't know. Uh, and put them in this district too. Like the, the lines will probably go into Chicago and circle the homes of Trump supporters in Chicago. Just to cram them all in. The more MAGA people you put into the fewer districts, the less power they have. Because all you do is elect a couple or a handful of super MAGA congressmen. Brilliant move by the Democrats. I applaud it. Until we have fair mapping nationwide, I do not believe in fair mapping in the state of Illinois. Yes, I said it. They're going to kick me out of all the good government groups for saying that. So that said, the Tribune pointed out that that area, McHenry County, where uh, Biden went, oh, they're smarter than me, D. That's why he's in oh, a White I could have told you that a week ago. <laughs> he went there because eventually Democrats will be vying for that area. They want to show all the people of MAGA country that Biden's doing good things for them. Good luck with that one, President Joe. Okay? Good luck with get, you could A Democrat could give MAGA a million dollars. And MAGA was like, oh, I still like Trump. So the Democrats are like begging. They're like begging MAGA. Please take the shot, MAGA. Please get the shot. We'll give you money to take the shot. MAGA, uh-uh. Love Trump. But that's the theory, D, so I have to sit corrected. Anyway, back to Pritzker. Now the issue is, what did Pritzker say to Biden? What did Biden say to Pritzker? And Dennis, don't we have a clip of what Biden said to Pritzker? Don't we have that clip? Oh, somewhere? yeah, yeah. I actually do have a clip. I worked really hard to find this. Play the radio. Make sure the television, <laughs> the, excuse me, make sure you have the record player on at night. The, the, the phone, make sure the kids hear words. Yeah. A lot of blood, sweat, and tears went into that one, buddy. And when he was done saying that, Pritzker said, My God, he's gracious. <laughs> was that the part where the gracious part? Yeah. Pritzker. That was the part. That was the part. She said, make sure kids hear words. And Pritzker's response to that was, my God, this man is gracious. What a gracious man. And then he ran, ran, ran to tell Greg Hines, he's gracious, Greg. And Greg said, thanks for the scoop. And it wasn't mentioned in this interview, but I heard uh, the two, Biden and Pritzker, had a long discussion about the Eagles and Steve Miller band. I can tell you right now that Joe Biden is pre-Eagles and pre-Steve Miller. <laughs> You know, Joe Biden, this is about this, D. That's our Joe president, Biden. ladies and gentlemen, pre-Eagles. Holy cow. <laughs> yeah, I would say that the only, like, I th I would say that Joe Biden likes the Beach Boys. 
Good group. Have you ever heard of good vibration? No, he doesn't even like good vibrations, which is too hippie. He like, you know, I like the, you know, surfing songs. So I think that, uh, you know, if, uh, if, if Pritzker went in to meet Biden and said, Hey, Joe, what about that? Uh, hotel California? He goes, what are you a hippie? Smoking reefer. So, yeah, I don't I don't think uh, Joe Biden is into the Eagles at all. Oh, and a shout out to H.M. Chicago. Uh, he brought up a good point. Yes, it's true. That was a new sound effect on the Ben Jarofsky show from Ben Jarofsky that you just heard. Time flying. Ben, you did time flying. <laughs> I did. Yeah. Oh, there. <laughs> that catalog keeps growing, buddy. Hey, be easy. Hmm? <laughs> just saying, be easy. Just saying. You know, I could do this for you. Dennis could do this for you. Dennis has sound effects too. Yeah. Here's Dennis doing cat out of bag. <laughs> All right. And the big question is still looming. Will Governor Pritzker run for re-election? He still hasn't confirmed, and he surprisingly hinted some hesitation toward it a few months back. Will he run or won't he run? Will he run or won't he run? Will he or won't he? Well, Pritzker fans, bad news. We have some evidence suggesting the latter. I present to you Exhibit A. The quarterly campaign fundraising earnings are in. And so far, the richest politician in America, Governor J.B. Pritzker, has made no personal contributions to his campaign fund yet. Now, if you followed the 2018 gubernatorial race at all, you already know that this was one of Pritzker's campaign go-to moves. Oh. Oh, looks like the funds are getting low. Let's put another $7 million in there. Now, granted, Pritzker already has $33 million in his campaign, and he did raise uh, $200,000 in the second quarter, but still, it makes you wonder. All right, first of all, let me just uh, start by saying, uh, emphasizing that last point you made, D. He still has $33 million? Is that what you uh, Yeah, is? still $33 million. Yeah. <laughs> all right, so here we are. What is today? Uh, July. It's July of 2021. That's amazing. I pull, plucked the month out of nowhere. Uh, and the uh, we're a year away from the primary, and I don't believe any Democrat will run against J.B. Pritzker. So there's no real urgency for uh, Pritzker to kick money into the account. That said, it's July. Not a lot of news stories to discuss. So let's discuss, will JB run, 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 run? It's and fun. I got to tell you, D, <laughs> I got to tell you, I'm a little nervous. And this is confession time, D. I must make a confession time. Yes, I like JB Pritzker. No, I did not vote for him in the uh, uh, in a Democratic primary. Yes, I, as a lefty, I was like, oh, I don't know about a billionaire running the state. But the guy, I think, has done a good job, and he uh, emanates uh, empathy. And, uh, yeah, so he went, didn't want anything to do with our lefty show, but I still like the guy, D, okay? You don't have to come on my show to be like you. You know what I'm saying? So um, so I'm a little disconcerted. Like, if JB doesn't run, well, who will run? You know, and uh, you'll get into this later. The Republicans have lined up a whole bunch of MAGA people to run. And so if J.B. doesn't run and the Democrats have, are late getting off the ground and they're divided and they're doing what Democrats love to do, which is fighting with one another and calling each other names. It, it does run the risk, D, as long shot as it sounds, of some like whacked out MAGA dude becoming governor of the state of Illinois. We just got through with Rauner. Now, Rauner wasn't like MAGA. 
Ugh. He was like a different. <laughs> he was like a different political animal. He was corporatist. He wanted to destroy unions in the state so there'd be more money for rich people. And like MAGA's not MAGA will destroy MAGA does not articulate the the desire to destroy unions other than the teachers union, but uh, MAGA appoints people at the National Labor Relations Board who effectively make rulings that do destroy unions. So, but they're a little slicker than Ronner. Ronner openly said he wanted to destroy unions. MAGA doesn't put that on the list of things they want to do, except for the teachers union. Let's never forget. They hate teachers unions. So that's where MAGA and Ronner come together. So the state of Illinois did elect Bruce Ronner. Now he ran, point this out, uh, as pro-choice candidate. So that got, um, you know, people on the, in the North shore, DuPage County, you know, swing voters, to vote for him. Well, you know, I don't like unions either. And I don't like playing, paying taxes and the heck with Chicago. So I feel good about that, but I don't want to give up uh, abortion rights. So, okay. As long as he assures me, he's going to leave that alone. Uh, then he of course betrayed uh, the uh, pro-choice movement. And so that would, that meant the end of him. So D I don't know. Get a little nervous when I think about Illinois without the big feller. Well, it's interesting to see, too, uh, now that the pandemic's kind of wrapping up a bit. I mean, hopefully um, like this eviction thing, you know, that's kind of, you know, the, the aftermath of the pandemic. So we'll see more things like that. And then we'll see if Pritzker, you know, runs or not. Right. Yeah, we'll see if you're right. No, like you said, well, I successfully got the state through the uh, pandemic. Now I'm not going to run. I, I got to say this. I have I'm two thoughts on this, Steve. The first thought is, uh, as a uh, lefty, I'd rather have the state of Illinois uh, in the hands of Pritzker than in the hands of potentially uh, Darren Bailey, the right-wing Republican, who probably will be the Republican nominee. But as a pod show host, thinking about a wide-open Democratic primary with like 20 candidates, (laughs) yeah, man, that sounds like fun. So you know what I'm saying, D? Pacho, 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 Pacho. Yes, the Pendrowski Pacho. Yes, Pacho host. So, you know, all over the map once again, D. All over the map, and then you know what? That's why my ratings aren't as high as Joe Rogan's because Joe Rogan's not all over the map. By the way, listen to Joe Rogan the other. I didn't tell you this. I neglected to tell you this. It's Joe crazy. <laughs> That's crazy. Joe Rogan did a two hour, two and a half hour interview with QT Quinter. Two and a half hours, D. Oh, yeah. I saw the clips. You know, oh, my God. So you don't even listen. You just watch the clips. By the way, have you ever like listened to the Joe Rogan show from start to finish? Oh, yeah. Yeah. That, that was uh, that was uh, 2016, Dennis. <laughs> OK. That, oh, the sophisticated lives in Pilsen does not listen to Joe Rogan. <laughs> The sophisticate who, if you combine a salary, makes more money than Ben, does not listen to Joe Rogan anymore. Started from the bottom, now I'm here, you know? Yeah. Uh, but, um, by the way, it's funny, whenever I do the, uh, I got to tell you this, day. I haven't told you this, the bonus uh, interviews, DJ Nate is the producer of that, because uh, Dennis has the nighttime job, and so he used to get ready for that. But uh, all the guests, like, where's Dennis? <laughs> where's De- Stacey Davis? Where's Dennis? Where's Dr. D? They all call you Dr. D. And I go, he, know, he uh, does not like that. He's not a doctor. No, Dr. Um, D's cool. Bootleg Denny, I'm still having trouble with. 
anyway, so Joe Rogan interviewed Quentin Tarantino and uh, two and a half hours of interviewing. I, I got through about half of a day and I said, all right, enough. Enough, you know, after a while. It, Watch it the clips. Looks, Watch the clips. You'll get the highlights. I know. I'm going to go to the clips. They're just like stroking each other. He talks know, about Bruce Lee uh, in uh, in the interview. Did you see that I, part? Yes. That's the part I, I saw. I was really into that. We're going to do a whole show, by the way. I'm going to promote this, uh, my utter obsession with Once Upon a Time. I got other Once Upon a Time American Geeks. We're going to do a, uh, we're going to drop a bonus. I can't remember where I was going with that day, so I'll turn it back to you. That's all right. We'll just move on. Like I said, the (laughs) quarterly campaign fundraising earnings are in. So let's talk more campaign cash updates. All right, here we go. Let's begin with the Republicans who are in fact running for governor and who are in fact praying every single day that Pritzker does not run. What a game changer that would be for these weirdos. All right, first up. The downstate hog farmer, Senator Darren Bailey, has raised $165,000 in the second quarter and reports having $491,000 cash on hand. And if you're wondering who's going to feed them hogs, well, reports also indicate that roughly $10,000 of that $491,000 did go to hog feed. (laughs) Wow, just think about that, man. There's a lot of money. You know, we're not a poor country when people... When Darren Bailey has 490, that Darren Bailey is so right wing, folks. He's it's it, he's beyond Trump. He's the one who sued Pritzker in the state. Oh, he's gone too far with these masks. That's the public. He's the front runner. 491,000. D, when we get a anybody kicks in, we get a Ben head kicks in $50 for our show. And God bless every single one of you does. We're so ecstatic. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 491,000. I know they're like, Oh, well, Pritzker's got 33 million. Don't forget that number folks. 33 million. That's another reason why I hope he runs money talks and politics. He's got a lot of it. 491. Like, Man, there's just too much money in this country. People are wasting it by giving it to DB. Just yeah. say it. Yeah, and let's just ignore the fact that uh, we're going to be kicking people out of their houses and all these people have, like Pritzker, $33 million just sitting there hanging out. But let's, let's just forget that and move on and read some more campaign updates. Yeah, all right. So we looked at Darren Bailey. How about the parking lot prince, businessman, and Republican gubernatorial hopeful Gary Rabine? He's self-funding his campaign. Uh, He took in $345,000 in the second quarter and reports having $287,000 on hand. Hey, who's going to pave that parking lot? (laughs) (laughs) By the way, he took in the money, meaning he probably gave it to himself. What do you spend the money on? Like, what are you spending money on right now? I don't know. There's no ads. You know, Gary Bean, just to remind you, the parking lot man made a fortune in parking lots. And when he announced his campaign, uh, someone asked him what he thought about Donald Trump assertion that the election was stolen. Yeah, here, here, here's a great man, man of courage. Uh, I don't know. Uh, who knows? They say this. He says that. I care about Illinois. Way to take a stand, Rabin. Doesn't want to alienate MAGA. MAGA believes that the, the election was stolen. So, Rabin, so here's the problem with the Republicans running. To win the nomination, you have to feed MAGA's paranoia that the election was stolen, and you have to make them feel good about themselves. Then once that process is over and you've secured the nomination, you got to go 
try to convince swing voters to vote for you while keeping MAGA on the plantation. So that'd be interesting. Rabin talking to swing voters in DuPage County, for instance, and explaining his belief that absent any proof whatsoever that there was fraud in the election, that there was fraud in the election. That's going to be interesting, D, to see gubernatorial candidate Rabin try to convince voters that there was fraud in the election. And if you deviate in any way from that assertion, MAGA we will crush you. It's like the the head of, uh, who is it, the health commissioner in Tennessee had to step down under pressure because she thought that teenagers should start having to get the shot. MAGA's like, we don't believe in the shot. Liberty. (laughs) Man, it's so weird. Has MAGA made the flu shot a thing, D? You know what I mean? I've never heard like MAGA say, it's denying our liberty to take the flu shot. You know what I'm saying? It's like somehow or other. The COVID shot is denying liberty, but the flu shot is okay. I don't really get it at all. Anyway, good luck, Gary, being convincing swing voters to vote for you uh, with your lack of courage on Donald Trump's lies. Go ahead. More campaign cash updates. Former state senator and gubernatorial candidate Paul Schimpf, also known as who? (laughs) You're so easy to forget, dude. Paul Schimpf raised $83,000 in the second quarter, including $28,000 from contributions of $150 or less. Hey, who's gonna whatever you do on the side? Uh, Paul Schimpf, yes, uh, running uh, for the <laughs> Republican gubernatorial nomination. Uh, what was unreported is two biggest co- contributors were Curly and Moe. Yeah, Larry, Curly, and Mo. Larry kicked in a little, too. Uh, they blew that joke. I did that joke so much better in the pre-show meeting. It just came out of nowhere. Hang tight, millennials and Zs. <laughs> no, no, you know what? I'm, I'm sorry, D. I'm going to have to correct you with step in there. You know, and I know you're about to, you know, you're going to say, Ben, you know, I am a millennial. But I do believe millennials know who the three stooges are. I believe I'm going out on a limb here, D. Millennials know who the three stooges are. As a late millennial, I do know who they are, but I could see, uh, you know, uh, very younger millennials just kind of knowing it, but not knowing it. You know what I mean? <laughs> millennials, you don't know what you're missing. Just say, and Z's, I, I think you're right with Z's. Z's are like, huh? <laughs> By the way, I, this, I don't know if you knew this, D. There's a split between Z's and millennial. And this has got to become more pronounced as time goes on and millennials get older. And the millennials are going to be just like Generation Xers and just like baby boomers and just like great generation, bad mouthing the succeeding generation. It's going to happen. It's going to happen, D. You guys get old. Suddenly you're old. Oh, crud, these young kids today, they don't have it like I did. Huh? They're not like me. So millennials are already doing it. And the issue that's dividing Z's and millennials, hold on, drum roll. Quentin Tarantino. <laughs> I don't think Z's know who the hell Quentin Tarantino. Quentin Tarantino is a boomer. Nobody, just, just old boomers like me, like QT. But anyway, the issue that divides Z's from millennials is email. Oh, You did not know this, D. No. I'm telling you something. Z's hate email they hate it 
Oh my God, it's so ridiculous. <laughs> By the way, I kind of share their attitude about email. Nobody looks at their email. What's the oh, point? Oh, here goes the email rant. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I, I'll let you know, if you ever have a podcast show, man, that's hard to say. <laughs> now I got a metal block. You can leave it. show out of it. Just podcast. <laughs> if you have a podcast, yeah, just leave show out. <laughs> if you have a pod show or a podcast and you're depending on your guests to connect through email, good luck. They'll send me these desperate texts while I'm on the air. Bet I have not got the link. Why don't you look at your email account? Trust me, guys. It's cute at first, but after about 30 times of this email rant, you're like, oh, brother, come on. (laughs) Because Dennis is one of the few people in the world who actually enjoys email. I like email. Yeah, it depends on who's emailing me. (laughs) That's true. And then all of a sudden, huh? I didn't see that. It's interesting. (laughs) Picks and chooses which emails he's. It's America, man. Whenever we're in trouble with someone, which is all the time, uh, D, did you see that email from fill in the blank that we're in trouble with? No, I did not see that email. Yeah. Anyway, uh, where was I? Oh, Shemp. Yes. Oh, yeah. There's a <laughs> three stooge. Got to be credit for remembering where I was. One of the three stooges is Shemp. So that's the three stooges joke. Larry Curly Mo. Forget it. Z's just. All right, I'll be editing. I'll be editing this part out. All right, now to two campaign cash updates that really make you wonder. Ooh, my goodness. First, Adam Kinzinger. Congressman Adam Kinzinger has raised $1.3 million in the second quarter of the wow. year. That's, 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 that's according to a source close to his campaign. Broken down, that's $800,000 for his reelection campaign and $500,000 for his leadership pack. In the past six months, Kinzinger has raised $3.6 million, nearly all from individuals, and more than $700,000 from within Illinois. It's the question we've been asking for like five months now. Is this Adam Kinzinger running for governor or what? I don't think he is. Now, Heidi Henry comes on this show. Murray Brio comes on the show, The Heart of the Mamas. Right now, uh, they're ripping me up. Don't say anything nice about Adam Kinzinger. Adam Kinzinger, of course, is the Republican that Democrats uh, love to like because he blasts Trump. I'm with him 100 percent on that. But I don't see eye to eye with him on any other policies. Like I say all the time, blasting Trump, I don't think that's enough to get a anti-choice Republican elected statewide. So he may run, but I don't think he could beat J.B. Pritzker. Now, if it's a Democratic, a divided Democratic field. The Democrats are hating on each other and fighting with each other like they've been known to do. Yeah, anything's possible. But uh, I don't think he beat uh, J.B. Pritzker. Particularly, uh, D, uh, let me remind you of something. Hmm. 33 million. Hello. That's how much <laughs> J.B.'s gotten. And he hasn't kicked any more in. And now it's so funny. He's got 33 million here. This is how, how, how weird politics are. He's got 33 million. He hasn't kicked in. in. So immediately everybody's like, oh, my God. He's probably not going to run. What do you think? He hasn't kicked more in. The guy's got $33 million. That's how much he's got. Why does he have to kick any more in? I don't know. Why do you have to kick in so much in the first place? You got it. You spend it, man. That's how he beat Rauner. Poor Rauner. Poor Rauner. <laughs> Pritzker did to Rauner what Rauner did to Quinn. Pat Quinn. PQ. 
governor uh, in 2014 lost to Ron. Ron hammered him. Remember all those commercials? They just hammering Pat Quinn. Oh. <laughs> Illinois. Heck of a move, Illinois, electing Bruce Rauner. Hey, and speaking of, another campaign uh, finance update that also makes you wonder. <laughs> oh, my God. Former Illinois Governor Bruce Rauner. Yay for our teachers! Yay for our teachers! Former Governor Bruce Rauner lives in Florida now, but his Citizens for Rauner Inc. fund is still active and received nearly $55,000 over the second quarter, mostly from individuals from Florida. (laughs) What's that all about, Ben? I I did not know that. I'm baffled by it. Like, who... Would give money to Bruce. What kind of sucker? Bruce Rauner was probably the worst governor Illinois has ever had. And I say that knowing that Rob Blagojevich was governor in Illinois. Yes. I say that. At least Blagojevich had budgets. Okay. Rauner decided he wasn't going to have any budget. The worst governor Illinois has ever had. A complete joke. And people are giving him people. There's too much money in the world, D. Yeah. If you got money to give, if you got money to contribute to the campaign treasure chest of the worst governor in the history of Illinois, who doesn't even live in Illinois anymore, then there's too much money in the world. Either that, or they're trying to suck up to him on some business deal. You know what I'm saying? Well, Bruce, I really love your leadership of Illinois and how you led that state for four years without a budget. Here, I'm going to contribute money now. Please, please invest in my company, please. Could be that. Yeah, this guy makes money like I eat cereal. What the hell? Like, (laughs) I don't get it. Like how on one end, money is so hard to find for people. Yet on this end, you just put up some stupid foundation with the name and all this money comes. I just don't. It's weird. You know what? Yeah. Two worlds. The ban on evictions is gone. That's it. You're on your own. <laughs> and meanwhile, some sucker in Florida gave how much to Rauner? That's uh, ridiculous. He's received nearly $55,000. That's, 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 that's beyond. Just some it, random dude in Florida. He's just some random dude in Florida now, right? Hold he's on. not running ding for anything. Dong. Ding dong. Oh, oh, doorbell. Who could that be? Oh, I said something against the ban on ev- uh, for the ban on evictions remaining. And Billy Bob, my... Uh, neighbor, the landlord, ding dong, Ben, have you heard about my tenant? Okay, Billy Bob. <laughs> All right. Sorry, Billy Bob. All right. Hey, what do you say we keep the campaign contribution reports coming, huh? Turns out there's a lot of them. So let's go. Let's see. House Speaker Emmanuel Chris Welch raised a respectable 391000 and has $1.5 million in his personal campaign account, while the House Democrats raised $400,000 and have $1.3 million available. Hey, get this. Senate President Don Harmon. <laughs> what? Oh, God. We are just so blatant about it. You know, let's just buy access and get money in. How much does Harmon have? Harmon. Meanwhile, has a whopping $6 million in the bank after the second quarter haul of $237,000. Where'd you get that money from, Harmon? <laughs> that's ridiculous. Come on, people. You're, that's, Harmon doesn't need your money. And you, most of you didn't even know who he was. He's just recently the president. The president before him was John Collard. You were throwing money at Collard and Collard and left to spend more time with his family, D. Don't be cynical. 
and Harmon gets to be the president. Now you're throwing money at Harmon. You're writing about him. Just give him money. Crazy. And, and it's funny. Chris Welch has got a bunch of money. Good, good friend of the show. He hasn't been on since he's been speaker. Ben, I'm too busy to come on your little hippie show. But before he'd come on from time to time, none of you ever heard of him before. Now you're throwing money at him. Just to throw money at Madigan? No, it's Chris Welch. I'll just give money to whoever's in power. Buying access. <laughs> I guarantee you none of those people giving them money are tenants who are about to be evicted. No. Guarantee you that, deal. No. So look what gets thrown out the window. The one law they had or the one rule they had helping some broke-ass tenant. So it's out the window. Hey, there you go. House Minority Hold Leader. On, oh, what? Ding dong. Oh, oh no, Billy, Billy Bob. Bob. Again. <laughs> this guy's rude. nice about the ban on evictions, here comes Billy Bob. Billy Bob, we're doing a show, dude. You're just as bad as Phyllis. Okay. Uh, House Minority Leader Jim Durkin raised $157,000 and has $294,000 on hand. And Senate Minority Leader Dan McConchie, who I've never heard of in my life, raised $102,000 and has $512,000 on hand. Hey, Secretary of State Jesse White, who's retiring and not fundraising at all, has $423,000 in the bank. That's nice. Oh, God. That is so absurd. He's retiring. He's got a pension. Doesn't need the money. Let's give it to him anyway. Look, guys, throw that over to someone. All right. Uh, Those looking to get Jesse White's gig have some campaign cash as well. Democratic Secretary of State hopeful Alexi Giannoulis reported raising $859,000 for the quarter that ended June 30th, giving him around ah, about $3 million on hand. (laughs) Meanwhile, his rival Anna Valencia reported pulling in $226,273 during the second quarter and had about $594,000 on hand. Statewide incumbents are on all different fundraising paths. Controller Susanna Mendoza has raised $311,000 and has $446,000 on hand. Treasurer Mike Frericks has raised $340,000 with $1.7 million in the bank. And, well, he's no Pritzker. Illinois Attorney General Kwame Raul raised $10. (laughs) (laughs) You're kidding. No, that's what it's (laughs) like. And he has $193,000 on hand. But we're told not to read into the low fundraising number of $10. It's still a pandemic, after all. Yeah, tell that to the rest of the people we just Yeah, I mean, I don't get that. (laughs) Oh, and finally, Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot, who hasn't announced a second run for office for the 2023 race. Hold your excitement, Jay Marie. Raised about $8,000 in the second quarter and has $1.2 million on hand. Yeah, no. Corporate Chicago is already lined up. They made it clear where life for their candidate. It's going to be hard to beat, you know, between the image of being really tough and mean and nasty, which Chicagoans love. They're really weirdos, Chicagoans, and that money. It's going to be hard to beat. Very hard to beat. All right, we got one more piece of statewide news. Let's talk term limits, huh? Immediately after former long, 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 long time House Speaker Mike Madigan turned in his Capitol Building Hall monitor pass and gave up all three of his top positions, change was definitely in the air. 
ECW, Emmanuel Chris Welch took over. And ever since then, the man has been hell-bent on making some changes in the speaker role. And one of those changes was, yes, that's right, term limits. Welch pushed for term limits immediately after taking the reins and even pushed for a bill on the matter. And after all the greasy, sleazy stuff that went down during the Madigan days, you would think that this would be a slam dunk, right? Democrats and Republicans can agree on this one, right? Well, bad news. That bill officially died this week. And surprisingly, Democratic State Senate President Don Harmon gave it the thumbs down, saying it isn't necessary given the Senate in 2017 passed 10-year term limits for Senate leadership posts. A spokesman for Harmon later acknowledged there was concern that a term limits bill would be unconstitutional. Uh, Representative Anthony DeLucha, who carried the bill along with Welch, was disappointed that Harmon snuffed the bill, saying it's, quote, not our job as legislators to determine whether it's unconstitutional or not. That's up to the judicial branch. I'm with him 100 percent. I'm, I, you know, put aside my uh, flip flopping on term limits, which I'm a famous flip flopper on. I'm with him. That cop out about a bill being unconstitutional. So uh, I'm not going to put it out. It's always what they throw out, you know, as an explanation for a bill they just don't want to support. You know, so, yeah. What's his name? DeLuca? Is that who is it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm with him. If you're for the bill. Put the bill out there or craft the bill in such a way that you think it will uh, defeat any challenge. But don't hide behind that and use that as an excuse not to advance legislation that you believe in. My God, then we wouldn't have had a civil rights bill. You know, you could argue all of it. Back in the 60s, all the rule, all the, the Supreme Court rulings were against civil rights. To Warren, uh, court came in. So, oh, uh, we can't have a civil rights bill because it's unconstitutional. Uh, we can't abolish slavery because it's unconstitutional. Take a freaking stand. And if you believe your bill warrants being upheld by a judge, send your lawyer in to defend it. But you're, I'm, I'm with, I don't even know who the guy is. I'm with him 100% on, don't, don't hide behind it. You know, so. Listen, D, it's hard for me to condemn uh, the, um, the move, people who propose term limits because confession time. Oh. I signed Pat Quinn's uh, petitions to get it on the ballot so that Chicagoans could impose a term limit on their air. I had, yes, I signed it. I supported Pat Quinn on that one. And I believe Chicagoans voted yes for term limits on their mayor, but Rahm Emanuel <laughs> and his lawyers were so successful at defeating or tying up Quinn in court that the Chicago board of elections won't even re- Release the results of that referendum. How about that, Chicagoans? Yeah, that's your city. That's your city, Chicago. You voted, and they won't tell you how you voted. How's that democracy, Chicago? Uh, before we move on to the city news, uh, HM Chicago asks a great question. And yeah, believe it or not, HM, I have no reports for gubernatorial hopeful man cow. No reports at all. It's the butter cow, which has nine hearts to represent the nine essential nutrients in milk. That's right. It's made entirely out of butter. And, it, you know, it's a state fair tradition since at least 1922. I guess man cow's not running. I forgot that Mr. Cow had uh, put his udder in the race. Oh, oh my goodness. That was utterly awesome. Uh, yeah, so uh, all right well let's talk some uh city news here ben did you get that notification that said it's going to hang up i didn't i haven't uh, seen it that guy, this is interesting maybe all our talk okay folks we're on thin ice here so we're going to adventure forward with this 
All right. One more time for you uh, new listeners. Uh, Google Meet, a.k.a. Boole Google, uh, switched without running it by us. Now, you'd think they would call us up and go, uh, Dennis, uh, we we're thinking of <laughs> uh, putting a cap on the amount of time you could use Google Meet because we're broke. We're only one of the richest companies in the world. I mean, we're only Google. Uh, anyway, yeah, we're, um, yeah, we're only Google. So they've not sent us that little message, which is so annoying. You got five minutes before we hang up on you. So let's plow ahead and see what happened. Let's keep rolling. Let's keep on rolling. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and also, uh, Stephen on the live stream chat asks, uh, do you have a crop report, though? Oh, you bet your ass I do. 6% of soybean acres are setting pods compared to 11% normally. Soybean conditions were reported as 10% very poor to poor, 34 fair, and 56% good to excellent. That is lower than the previous report. All right, that's all you get, Steve. Good God, that's boring. <laughs> I don't know. I was taking notes, D. I Interesting stuff. Maybe write a column about it next week. Yeah, I was making like my grocery list for the weekend. All right. Now to the news in the city of Chicago. More Illinois politicians are meeting with the president. Just like Governor Pritzker, Chicago Police Superintendent David Brown met with (laughs) Joey B, Joe Biden this week. It was a meeting to discuss the president's crime fighting strategies. Now, remember, right before the 4th of July weekend, Chicago's most violent weekend, David Brown was forced to have a meeting to discuss these same issues with the ones who, I don't know, witness and deal with the violence in our city literally every day are Chicago aldermen and women. And Brown, well, essentially called them douchebags and took none of it seriously. But Biden emphasized his crime prevention plans and the extra money being pumped to local governments. Oh, they're all ears now. And Brown said Biden had a sense of urgency when it came to addressing Chicago's violence and offering what we do now, adding resources now to have an impact on violence in our city. He also said, you get the vibe that Biden is for funding police, not defunding the police. Get the vibe? (laughs) Yeah. Get the vibe? He's freaking said it. (laughs) Get the vibe? It's not like he speaks in vibrations, you know, like you don't know what he's saying, Commissioner Brown. He comes out and says it. He's against defunding the police. He wants to give more money to the police. It's not like a vibe thing. You know, it's not like I told you he likes the Beach Boys, but not the good vibration Beach Boys. He likes the early Beach Boys. I don't know any Beach Boys songs early. I'm, I, I'm drawing a blank D. I was not a Beach Boy fan. Uh Oh, confession time. I do not like the Beach Boys. Come Gets on. Me in trouble. Fun, fun, fun. <laughs> till the daddy right. takes the T-bird away. We got a uh, surfing USA. Uh, surfing USA. They just stole from Chuck Berry. Let's just call it for. They took every Chuck Berry song and kicked out the good lyrics and put something about be, uh, surfing in there. I wish they in all there. could be California girls. Well, that's a good song. Wish they all could be. Anyway, help so, me, Rhonda. Uh, Help me, Rhonda. Help, help. I do know some Beach Boys songs, uh, but I, I, my favorite is Good Vibrations. So you don't need the Beach Boys, David Brown, to know that Joe Biden is for funding the police. And by the way, let me just second what Dennis said. I agree with him 100%. And this is, I'm directing this at you, Chicagoans. Your, your leaders treat you like you're dumb. And why do they think they can treat you like you're dumb? Because they see how you vote. <laughs> then the leaders think, well, they were 
dumb enough to vote for me. I'm just going to say something really stupid and watch them all agree. So on the 4th of July, as Dennis pointed out, David Brown and all the mayor's people are saying, this is ridiculous that the aldermen are calling us to a special meeting to talk about what our strategy is to fight crime. We have to be busy implementing that strategy 24-7. We have to be ready at the phone. A decision has to be made. We do not have time to tell the aldermen and the public what our strategy is. We'll tell you what our strategy is after the crime has been committed. Okay, so we'll figure out after the crimes have been committed what our strategy is for fighting the crime in such a way as to make you think we did a great job of fighting the crime, even though we didn't. But we cannot take time out from our very busy schedule to talk to the aldermen who are the representatives of the people. But meet with Joe Biden. Oh, sure. I'll just fly off to Washington. No problem. <laughs> yeah. And and they, and you know what? A lot of, lot of uh, Chicagoans. Do you tell me a little bit? I think you're unfair uh, to police superintendent Brown. He's busy. Can't go to talk to those aldermen. You read the letters to the editor. Always, There's always some letter writer mad at the aldermen. How dare they waste their time? Talking about crime, keeping Superintendent Brown from fighting crime. Like Superintendent Brown's going to be walking down the streets of Chicago like he's Rambo. Was Rambo the one with the bow and arrow? Yeah, he had a bow and arrow. He had guns. Bow and arrow. Stephen Brown with a bow and arrow. Come on, Chicagoans. You got to be smarter than that. This is, hey, Chicagoan, make a pledge with me. This is the week. From this week on, you're going to be smarter than you were last week. How about that, D? Chicago, make that pledge. <laughs> Chicago, Milton. I read it in the Tribune. Must be true. Yeah, so I'm with you 100%, D. All right. Boy, a live stream chat. You know, we created a monster here, Ben. I know we have great guests on the Ben Jarofsky show. All of them are fantastic, but I think we need to add Trent Ford uh, to the lineup of guests on the show. Seriously, people on the live stream chat are like, uh, Frank's begging for it. He's like, please play Trent Ford. You got to play Trent Ford. (laughs) Uh, Precipitation up uh, 20%. Downstate, upstate, uh, it's up 42%. You know, I don't know why you guys like this feller, but... I mean, ask and you shall receive. Survey at the University of Illinois Prairie Research Institute. This is Illinois State Climatologist Trent Ford. Mild temperatures persisted this past week. Seven-day average temperatures range from the high 60s in northern Illinois to the high 70s in southern Illinois, between 2 and 6 degrees below normal. July so far has been between 1 and 4 degrees cooler than normal statewide. Quite a contrast compared to the warm start to the summer season. The floor is yours, Trent. Take it it to the house. record for the contiguous United States and the 36th warmest on record in Illinois. Rainfall continued this past week across the state. Seven-day totals ranged from less than an inch in northeast Illinois to over five inches in parts of south-central Illinois. Following a very dry spring and start to summer, rainfall since mid- All right, uncle, uncle, I can't take it anymore. <laughs> we'll play the rest at the end. Uh, hey, let's favorite. keep talking about the police. Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot has been back and forth with the Fraternal Order of Police lately. I mean, I say lately, but these two factions have hated each other from the get-go. But the two are currently in contract negotiations. Or are they? Earlier in the week, no one in the city of Chicago's favorite Fraternal Order of Police, John Catanzara, announced in a YouTube video that the FOP had finally reached a tentative agreement with the Chicago Police Department. 
an agreement where rank and file Chicago police uh, department, oh, sorry, rank and file Chicago police officers would receive a 10.5% retroactive pay raise and a 9.5% more through January 2025 on an eight year contract. Well, the mayor was quick to respond and stated that this simply was not correct. Well, of all people, and here we are on the Bendorovsky show, we're not surprised, but of all people, <laughs> Paulie V, Paul Vallis said Thursday, it's actually Lightfoot who was mistaken. Vallis said, quote, it was agreed that last Thursday's strategic bargaining session was intended to conclude the agreement for which the mayor and the city council would have the final sign off. If the mayor is now saying that there is no deal, she's rejecting an agreement negotiated by her own team. Let's hope that's not the case. Yeah. First of all, I was uh, surprised to see that Paul Ballas is acting uh, as a unpaid advisor. Is that what they call him? He's not getting paid for an unpaid advisor uh, to Fraternal Order Police. Paul Ballas, if you recall, uh, was revenue director for uh, Mayor Daly back in the 90s, way back. And then Daly appointed him to run the schools. And then Daly got tired of him running the schools. So they arranged a deal for him to step down. And then he left Chicago and he went to New Orleans and went to Philadelphia. And then he said, ah, hell, I'm coming back to Chicago. And all of a sudden he's running for mayor. Got clobbered in the mayoral race, and but now he's an advisor. Paul Vallis, man, that guy's got more uh, lives than a cat. Uh, who invented pretty much the TIFF program? He, you know, he went. Remember, D, I had a, a show, uh, another radio station. I can't remember the name of it. Paul Vallis was a guest on that show. Yeah, it was uh, the and, Ben Jarofsky uh, show on WCPT eight twenty, where facts matter. Uh, As a matter of fact, you're fired. <laughs> facts matter unless you're talking about tiffs and uh, no, <laughs> no facts. Uh, but um, anyway, uh, Paul Ballas came on the show and we posed for a photo together. We had our arms around each other because we uh-huh. were, you know, <laughs> we went at it back in the nineties and it was like, ah, that was the nineties. Let, let it go. You know? So I brought him on. Yeah. I'm gracious about that. Uh, but uh, Paul Ballas and I don't see eye to eye on pretty much anything. I'm a little surprised. I don't know how he ended up with Fraternal Order Police. I, he's been drifting toward MAGA country. Uh, a revelation here, D, a confession. I've mentioned this before at one point. Mm-hmm. Many years ago, different reign at the Fraternal Order Police. I had an informal meeting with uh, members of the Fraternal Order Police explaining oh. how TIFFs impact. Lucky you. And, uh, yeah, well, I was actually, they were pretty cool. I got to say, they were... Uh, they treated me to lunch. How's that, D? Oh. Uh, I'll do anything for a free lunch. Um, anyway, uh, and I, I remember explaining to them how tips work. So, um, but they, have the, under Johnny Canizera, they've not called me back. For next, Ben, could you come on down to the Fraternal Order Police headquarters and explain to us how tips work? Fraternal Order Police, I'm just going to tell you something right now. If Paul Vallis, in his role as your unpaid advisor, starts giving you lectures on TIFFs, don't believe him, okay? Give me a call. I'll be happy to explain to you how TIFFs really work. It's a general rule of thumb, Fraternal Order Police. Do not believe anything, anyone in a position of authority, whoever had authority in the city, tells you about how TIFFs work. Because it's probably not true. Take probably out of that sentence. All right, Fraternal Order Police, I will help you. I will help you. Yeah, I'll help you. So give me a call, Hudson 32700. I'll answer the phone. Now, what kind of old reference was that? (laughs) (laughs) Do you know what that was? Hell no. Hudson, what? 
Hudson three to seven hundred millennials. I'm the only ones. Uh, millennials won't know that, but boomers will know. D. I, I mean, I I got to smash the fourth wall again. We embarrassed Google Meet out of those obnoxious five minutes. We've been beat well beyond an hour. I'm starting to think that when it's more than two people, they uh, they're like, all right, come on, get off the phone. You know what, Google Meet? That is even more bootleg than I thought. Because it's too, that's it. I think Dennis is right. You are so bootleg, Google Meet. Just saying. And all those millennials have defended you? Look, Ben, you got to get Gmail. <laughs> and now, here's the funny thing about millennials. They love Gmail. They never look at their email. What's the point of having it? Yeah, we're we're, we're back to the email thing. <laughs> More Chicago news. No more pressure from Preckwinkle. The SEIU strike is over. About 2,500 Cook County workers who've been on strike since June 25th were expected to return to work Tuesday after a tentative contract was hammered out on Monday evening. The workers are members of SEIU Local 73 who do a range of jobs throughout county government, including custodian, lab technician at one of the county-run hospitals, and jail social worker. The four-year contract includes an 8.5% pay increase over that time it really does make you wonder and ben i'll ask you if literally every ward in chicago hadn't have voted for Lori lightfoot i mean it's a stretch because literally every ward voted for Lori lightfoot but if they hadn't and tony preckwinkle would have won would there really be a difference no maybe she'd have been nicer to the teachers by the way let me just say this about that Stacy Davis Gates was my guest yesterday. Uh, it's dropping tomorrow. Vintage Stacy Davis Gates. And we talk about uh, Tony Preckwinkle. We talk about how Tony Preckwinkle treated SEIU, uh, Local 73. A disgrace. Absolute disgrace. Not the Stacy Davis Gates interview. It's a great state, uh, interview. But it's a disgrace the way Tony Preckwinkle personalized that. Heading into Lori Lightfoot country. And Diane Palmer, by the way, I want to say another shot of promotion. She's the head of local uh, 73. She'll be a guest on this show on Tuesday. So lefties, I'm just going to say this to you. Back in 2019, a lot of lefties of the younger persuasion have been drinking that Tony Preckwinkle Kool-Aid. And we're loving Tony Preckwinkle to death. And we're telling Ben, you got to vote for Tony Preckwinkle. Ben, you have to really recommend Tony Preckwinkle. I'm like, I've been following Tony Preckwinkle since the 80s. I mean, I give her credit for voting against the parking meter deal and for occasionally voting against one of more of the Richard Daly's outlandish budgets, but she's no like lefty. She's a very pragmatic democratic chieftain. Please don't try to sell her to me as this great lefty. And they went out of their minds bashing Lori Lightfoot on behalf of Tony Perkwinkle. And here we are, what is it, two years later, D? Tony Preckwinkle playing tough with janitors, custodians. Oh, wait, why are you playing hardball with them? Where was the county standing up on the matter of the TIF handout to Lincoln Yards? You, they're taking money from you, county. I didn't see the county standing up fighting that. This city is so twisted, D. It just... Our priorities are so out of whack. Playing tough with janitors. We're going to teach those janitors. Man, it's like the city does not like janitors. I don't know what the problem is. 
Rob, privatized janitorial service to public schools. They're good jobs. You got to live in the city of Chicago, pay a pension, good health care. I like my tax dollars going to support people who have to live in Chicago. It fortifies neighborhoods. Nope. Privatization deals. So most of the money goes out of state to the people who own the janitorial service countries, companies, janitors get screwed and they call that reform and editorial boards, not along. And the voters of Chicago, not along. And now Tony Preckwinkle's going to get tough on janitors. What is it D? I I don't understand this compulsion to be tough on janitors and so nice to bankers. Help me out, Dennis. Help me with that one, okay? Maybe youthful perspective can help me understand why we're so tough on janitors, but so easy on bankers. Weird city, Chicago. And whenever I say that, Chicagoans get defensive. Oh, ben. They're the same way in Ohio. <laughs> David Seaton, shout out, David Seaton. You know, I love you. My centrist friend comes on the show. Hey. Every, every lefty has a centrist friend. When he turned the tables, they had me on the Buchanan and Seton show, D and WVON. And we got into an argument about uh, subsidizing downtown development. He was defending it. He goes, that's how they do it in other cities, Ben. They do it like that in St. Louis. I'm like, what? What do we care about St. Louis? Come on, Seton. You could do better than that. Come up with a better art defense than they do it that way in St. Louis. You know, I love you, David Seton, but come on. You could do better than that. And boy, you got to love it when a clueless downstate Illinois Republican weighs in on Chicago politics. State Senator Terry Bryant took a page out of former President Donald Trump's playbook. Well, you know, the rest of this sentence isn't going to go well. Tuesday, uh, by tying immigration to violence in Chicago without offering any statistics or information to back it up. In an interview with News Radio WJPF's Tom Miller. Ben, you remember Tom Miller, right? Yeah, Tommy Miller, he's the one who hates legalized reefer. Yeah. We're all going to be pushers, right? Isn't that the guy? Am I, do I have it right, D? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Remember That's Ronner it. was on the show? Uh-huh. And, and it was like, if you, I'll tell you this right now, Tom. Uh, this is Ronner. His appeal to downstaters. Uh, uh, we don't legalize marijuana if I'm governor. Uh. <laughs> downstaters, man. They think you're really stupid. That's well, we could just get these guys. We'll say we're against reefer. Half a downstate smoking reefer. And I know that's because Dennis told me. My downstate correspondent. It's true. They're either smoking it or eating it in their cookies. And <laughs> well, I'm against it. That'll give me the downstate. And then Rodgers like, that and riding on a motorcycle, all the downstaters are gonna vote for me. And fishing, right? Fishing. <laughs> Yay for our teachers. Yay for our teachers. <laughs> hmm? Oh, uh, yeah. Me running downstate. I don't ride a motorcycle. I don't fish. I don't hunt. Oh, you're, you're and I toast. believe in legalized reefer. Man, they'll be like, get this guy out of here. You are toast. What is this? Bruce Springsteen crap. All right. Uh, Bryant, a Republican from Murfreesboro in southern Illinois, first suggested undocumented immigrants get Medicaid ahead of Illinois citizens. And then she pivoted with a non sequitur. Uh, she says it goes to the violence we're seeing in Chicago right now. I have the audio. Like to hear it? Here it go. People say, what can be done about the violence in Chicago? Well, first of all, let's remember that they have the strictest gun laws in the United States. That's not working. Also remember that they're a sanctuary city. 
That clearly is not working. They don't. Uh, they they have. Uh, they not only um, do not cooperate with ICE when they're trying to deport those individuals who have violated is, the law, but is, they is, they is keep by, everybody else from doing it. Isn't that by state law now? Correct. Okay. Yeah. So uh, so want to know what's going on with the violence in Chicago? How about we end all of this nonsense uh, that um, involves undocumented immigrants and the continued uh, attack on law-abiding gun citizens, gun owners? citizens. And, and I can't help but, you know, when I'm sitting around thinking about these items and like having a conversation with you, the people I was born and raised with, my dad was a gun dealer. The people that I was born and raised with are the ones who the most laws when it comes to guns, right? And I fail to understand while making how making their life difficult will fix somebody in Chicago. Wow. Making their life difficult. <laughs> uh, how difficult is it to buy a gun? Thousands and thousands of people all over the country have millions of people have guns. Like people have stockpiles of guns. It's not difficult to buy a gun. I, if I had to write a list of all the problems facing America in the year 2021, difficulty of buying guns would not be on that list. It's not difficult. Tom Miller. I must respectfully disagree with you, sir. It's not difficult to buy a gun in the state of Illinois. You probably have several of them. How difficult is it? I think it's easier to buy a gun in the state of Illinois than it is to get a driver's license in the state of Illinois. Man, that driver's license test is no joke, D. You know? You got to, like, read the pamphlet and stuff and study the rules of the law. You got a pamphlet? The Rules of the gun you have to study? You have to take a test? What a joke. Tom Miller, you're just feeding that fantasy that MAGA has that somehow they're being picked on. Every rule and regulation, they want to teach people about our history. Like slavery existed. And MAGA's like, that's so unfair. It's making white people feel bad about themselves. We need laws to protect white people from having history of slavery taught to us. We can only be taught good things that make us feel good about ourselves. And so now it's like that. They're picking on us. That's why we're Ronner. And, and that was the, the dude. You're right, D. That was the dude that Ronner came on the show in 2018. And they talked about legalizing marijuana somehow or other that was picking on people in Southern Illinois. She's from Murfreesboro in Murfreesboro way South by Carbondale, man, there's so much reefer being smoked in Murfreesboro right now. What a bunch of phonies going on there. It's so difficult. So difficult to buy a gun. They're making it hard for us. It's so hard to be a white person in America. They're teaching about slavery in school. Can you imagine that? They're saying slave owners were bad because they whipped their slaves. We were talking about the Vermont rundown. Now they want to teach us, well, slaves only, the slave owners only whipped their slaves when the slaves ran away. Like, <laughs> I'm like, it blows my mind, D. Like, so wait a minute. Someone is being held against their will. They ran away, and as a result, they were whipped. So, that whipping is justified? Just, I, I want to understand how to teach slavery in such a way that I don't offend anybody. And, you know, the right, you go on the Tom Miller show, Tommy Miller, they'll be talking about cancel culture. They're canceling our culture. You can't say anything about anybody anymore. 
Now you can't, you can't talk about slavery because you're going to hurt some white guy's feelings. And then this riff about undoc, undocumented workers, um, undocumented residents. Like, what does that have to do with anything? It's not like people are pouring over the border, rushing to Chicago and shooting people in Chicago. It's like general cluelessness on the part of MAGA and their attempt to f- narrow everything into their narrative that they could feed. You know, I make fun of the left all the time, like trying to put everything in a narrative that lefties can buy. So like we talked about it already with Tony Perkwinkle. You can't just be against Lori Lightfoot. She has to be a cop. And Tony Perkwinkle has to be this great crusader for social justice. You can't just like trying to see the differences between two pragmatic, mainstream, centrist Democrats. It has to be an absolute. That's lefties trying to fit their narrative. The right is back here. So the right wing's view of violence in Chicago is somehow or other it results from gun laws. They take this, like the two things don't, they take Chicago has restrictive gun laws, which obviously aren't working, and they have a lot of gun shooting. Therefore, the restrictive gun laws are the result, results in shootings. That's the logic of MAGA. Now, Bryant didn't immediately return a request for further comment, obviously, but Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot knows a giant softball when she sees one, all right? The mayor's office pushed back on this random downstate show, saying the senator's comments show a blatant ignorance on immigration policy and public safety. Data shows that welcoming city policies like Chicago's create safer communities because residents feel more comfortable engaging with police and other city government officials when they do not fear their immigration status will become a factor. These policies also protect everyone's due process. Lightfoot's office criticized the use of xenophobic tropes and said, quote, Bryant should focus on working with us and her Senate colleagues to learn about and tackle the actual root causes of violence in our state. Well, you know, D, you're absolutely correct. Uh, every time someone goes on the Tom Miller show and rip Chicago, that just helps Lori life. I tell you what, folks, she's, she's not going to lose. Now she can run against MAGA. MAGA doesn't like her. Lori, this is a tangent within a tangent. There was an editorial in the St. Louis. What's the name of the paper in St. Louis? The Post-Dispatch. The Post-Dispatch. Yeah, yeah Post-Dispatch. And they were talking about Lori Lightfoot as this, like, well, they, 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 they still use the word progressive. We don't use the word in Ben Drasco because we're very sophisticated. You know how the word has been just abused in the city of Chicago. But they talked about her like she was a leftist progressive. And I'm like, what universe? <laughs> What universe do the people in the St. Louis live in that they think Lori Lightfoot is a leftist progressive? You go to Chicago and all the lefties hate her. Damn, I'm telling you, you know, live in a crazy world, man. It's just a crazy. But she so she gets out there and she denounces Bryant, Senator Bryant, who comes on the Tom Miller show. And then, you know, liberals in Chicago, that's our mayor. We're voting for her. Doesn't matter what you did to Jeanette Taylor. Come on, Ben, forget that already, all right? We're voting for Lori Lightfoot. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. <laughs> yes, indeed. Madness 
everywhere, Dennis. And finally, Mayor Pete, welcome to Chicago. <laughs> That's right. Right now, at this very moment, Transportation <laughs> Secretary Pete Buttigieg. I've, I haven't said the guy's name in so long. I think I forgot how to actually pronounce it. Uh, Pete Buttigieg, I think that's right, will visit Chicago. He's here now to promote President Joe Biden's American Jobs Plan and to tour transportation sites in the area. But the former South Bend mayor was invited to visit Illinois by Representative Marie Newman and the Democratic congressional delegation. In a statement, Newman said uh, she's beyond thankful that Buttigieg accepted the invite. She says, I look forward to showing him firsthand how the American Jobs Plan will not only create more efficient roads and railways in Chicago's community, but also bring much needed economic development and new good paying union jobs. Here's Transportation Pete's itinerary. Uh, at 1.45, he joined Marie Newman, uh, who is the host. Uh, Senators Dick Durbin and Tammy Duckworth, along with Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot, they're friends. They had like an interview one time. Uh, Representatives Bobby Rush and Chewy Garcia, along with CTA President Dorvel Carter, uh, they met with workers to see recent accessibility and modernization improvements to a major transit hub before holding a press conference at the 95th and Dan Ryan Red Line Station. At 4.45 p.m., Buttigieg and Newman will join Governor J.B. Pritzker and Representative Mike Quigley at a media availability after a meeting with labor and rail leaders and touring the Create Project Freight site in Bedford Park. Well, <clears throat> yes, I remember. Uh, by the way, uh, Mayor Lori Life was uh, kind of tough on Buttigieg. Uh, when she interviewed, I don't remember that. Dude. Ah, the good old days. Just thinking about uh, Mayor Pete, just the good old days before the pandemic back in the uh, Suntime studio and we were breaking down the Democratic candidate. Ah, the good old days before the pandemic. Well, I don't remember the interview, but I mean, it doesn't really surprise me because I do recall an interview that the mayor had with one former uh, first lady, Hillary Clinton. How did you go from sharing stories over the years to deciding to write a book? Good question, Mayor. Good question. Oh, nail her to the wall. Uh, no, but it was decidedly, I was just going to say, it was decidedly different in tone than the, that interview with that softball. <laughs> Good question. <laughs> I got, uh, Maya's favorite uh, bit that we ever play. Uh, but no, when she interviewed uh, Buttigieg, she was kind of tough on it. It was in Iowa, and she was asking about non-disclosure agreements with uh, McKinsey, which was the consulting firm he used to write. It's ancient history. I can't believe I remember it. It's a, it's, it's a, it's a sad testament. The weird stuff I cram in my head, but she was strangely hard on booty judge. I never understood that. Anyway, I'm going to reach out to uh, our dear friend, uh, Henry Davis to get his thoughts on mayor Pete. How about that? Davey, you know, we've uh, the, uh, the urban or councilman from um, uh, South Bend who, uh, he had a critical thing or two to say about mayor Pete. Mayor Pete is not an angel. A lot of my liberal uh, friends love Mayor Pete. Uh, so for a different point, we always have to like weigh in with it. I haven't talked to Henry in a while, so we're, we're going to reach out to him next week, get his thoughts about Mayor Pete. How about that? That'd be great. Yes, Mayor Pete in Chicago. Oh, my God, Ben, is that him in the brown line? <laughs> He's driving it. By the way, he loves to fly over. 
He and Ken Davis right now and Dave Kowatz are going over the flyover. We love the flyover, Ben. No, just teasing you, Kenny. Pete. Just teasing. So, hey, welcome to Chicago, Mayor Pete Buttigieg. That is what's going on in Chicago and or Illinois this week. That is, oh, what a week it was. Remember, you can download previous Ben Jarofsky shows, Benny J bonus interviews, and so much more at chicagoreader.com forward slash Jarofsky or wherever else you download podcasts. If you download and you already are on like Apple Podcasts or something, review the show. And hey, while you're reviewing the show, give us five stars, huh? Five stars only. That's the rule. So go do that. You can find us online at Benny J Show, B-E-N-N-Y, the letter J Show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can always send us an email, Benny J Show at gmail.com, Benny J Show at gmail.com. And we have a phone number. It's true. 708-658-4788. That number again is 708-658-4788. Call the Ben Jarofsky Show. Leave us a voicemail. And there is a very good chance that we will play that voicemail on our program. Yay for our teachers. <laughs> Yay for our teachers. <laughs> Bruce Runner just called us last week, as a matter of fact. Anyway. Uh, great job, Dennis. I want to thank the man, the myth, the legend, pride of Joe Alton, Illinois, without whom this show would be possible. And as Stacey Davis Gates, Romana Hussein, and Benji the Bookie, who will be my guests on Weekend Drops, will all tell you back home in Alton, they do not call him Bootleg Denny. No. They call him White Lightning. They don't call <laughs> me that no either, but that's, we'll get there. One of these days. Maybe year five, we'll get there. <laughs> Take it out of petty cash. Have a great weekend, everybody. June has been above normal statewide, including between 6 and 10 inches above normal in parts of western and east central Illinois. Rain this week was very welcome in northwest Illinois, which has seen expansion of drought conditions in recent weeks. Moderate to extreme drought persisted across northern Illinois in this week's U.S. Drought Monitor, although conditions in both northwest and northeast Illinois have marginally improved since the start of the month. Although soil moisture in northern Illinois is still in deficit, recent rains have bought times for crops in that area that were showing significant stress. Looking ahead, forecasts are calling for a continuation of cooler weather through this weekend. Southern Illinois is expected to pick up another one to one and a half inches over the next seven days, with far lower totals in northern and central Illinois. Longer term outlooks are indicating a potential pattern shift to warmer and drier weather. The Climate Prediction Center outlook show elevated odds of warmer and drier than normal conditions for the last week of July and possibly into August. A warm and dry end of July will be welcome in central and southern Illinois, where soil moisture is adequate to surplus and beans are noticeably wishing for a break from the rain. The warmer and drier conditions, though, would be less welcome in parts of northern Illinois with existing soil moisture deficit. This is Illinois State Climatologist Trent Ford wishing everyone a happy, healthy weekend.